All right, grab your message notes. If you're joining online, we thank you for being a part of our service. If you're in here, we're really excited that you're here. And if you're new, just jump in as you feel welcome. We're excited for that as well. We're, we're in a series. We kicked it off last week. We're talking about God. That's a good thing, right? We're in church. We're going to talk about God. And uh, what we're doing is the, the title, you see it up here on the screen, uh, it, it's God Is. And then each week we're going to fill in the blank, and so we'll get it as we go. I'm not going to give it to you right away, so create a little suspense and anticipation, right? Uh, but we're talking about uh, just some of the things. I mean, we could do the traditional route and give you all the big words about God, and it'd be totally accurate and true. But I really want us to get to know the real God and what he means to us personally and how we can just have a good personal relationship with him. So I want to start off with a few questions that, that maybe you've had before or you've heard other people ask these questions, and you might have tried to explain them, or you're going, yeah, I've often wondered that as well. So here it is. Uh, one question might be, why does God allow evil in the world? Or why does God allow tragedies? to happen to me or to us or to people? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why does God allow people, especially Christians, to get cancer? Good question. Why does God allow the innocent to suffer? And you maybe have heard this one. How can a loving God send anyone to hell? Now, there's many more questions like these, and for some people, they're genuine questions. They're like, I really want to know the answer to these. Then you have other people who maybe are just, they ask it sort of in, in, a, in, in a combative or a con, an antagonistic way. In, in other words, they're saying, oh, I don't believe God is real. If God was real, then give me the answer to these questions. And we talked about that last week. If you weren't here last week, we kicked it off with the fact that God is real. <laughs> God is real. He is alive. And there's some explanations for that. If you missed it, make sure you go to our website and you can find that as well. So, but I want to start off with uh, a verse to sort of set the stage for this whole series of what we're doing. And it's in John chapter 8, verse 32. Jesus said this. He said, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The reason that this series, God Is, is so important for us is that when we don't know the truth about God, it can be very confusing. We can get off track, we can, we can wander, we can get frustrated, we can even begin to doubt God, even begin to doubt that there is a God, but also, it can create a, a I'm going to call it bondage, that we can be entrapped in, in sort of a false beliefs and, and the idea that, well, if this is what God is like, no thanks. Even for those of, those of us who maybe already sort of believe in God, we're just, there's parts of it we can't wrap our minds around. So this morning, I want to lay a little bit of a truth foundation to help us begin to answer some of these questions, but also begin to help us to understand 
our word description of God today. So if you have your notes, uh, we're going to talk about some of the reasons that we struggle uh, with the, in, during difficult times. Why is it that we face hardships in the world? And the first one is this. There's many, but I put three in. These are the top three. Number one is that there is evil in the world. Okay? There's evil in the world. And, and there's, this, there's this cosmic battle that is going on behind the scenes. We can't see it with our eyes, but we can sure see the consequences of it, right? There's good versus evil. There's God versus the devil and all of his minions. And, and the truth is that we have an enemy. There's an enemy called the devil, and he wants to make life difficult for everybody, especially those of us who call ourselves Christians and followers of Christ. He lies, he steals, he tempts, he accuses, he manipulates, he deceives. There's nothing good in our enemy. How is it that we struggle sometimes? I'm going to use the words the curse. Okay, I'm explain. Because of the curse, there's sin in the world. There's sickness. There's disease. There's pain. Um, there's it, it, it's even as clear as that's the reason we have weeds and thorns. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> okay, and what happened was when Adam and Eve gave into the temptation that the devil said, "Look, eat of this fruit." Okay, God's a liar, you won't die. Well, we know there were consequences. And from that moment on, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, and there was this sin curse upon them, and, excuse me, and all of mankind. And because we're alive today, we live in that realm that we struggle with this. It simply means that life is imperfect, life is difficult, and there really are disasters. There are tragedies. There are bad things that happen in the world today, even to us. Then number three moves to a sort of a more personal level, and that is human decisions. Because what happened was, because we are all fallen creatures, part of that curse, we have this underlying foundation of sin and we're born with this okay we're born in, into a sin nature the bible calls it it says in romans that all have sinned every person has sinned because we fall short of the glory of god we fall short of the standard that god has for us doesn't mean we're all really bad evil people and all we do is bad things no it does mean this, this sin part is that we are just doing life on our own. Before we come to Jesus, every one of us, we're trying to do life on our own. And that is the sort of the definition of that sin nature because we have free will. Every one of us this morning, you have the freedom to make decisions. You can choose after the service, you can choose to go to Chili's for lunch or to McDonald's. It's your choice. You face the consequences, but that's your choice. Okay? Everything in life, every day, every moment, you're making decisions. And that's because God, even though he wants all of us to choose him, he wants all of us in heaven with him, he didn't create robots. He created us as human beings and said, I'm giving you free will. I would love for you to choose to follow me 
but I'm not going to make you do that. So, so when you make decisions, and I'm guessing most of us in here, we've made a bad decision or two along the line, right? We face the consequences of those bad decisions. We also face the consequence of other people's bad decisions. Fair or unfair, we do. When, when some person gets into a vehicle after they've been to a, a party and they are intoxicated, they know it, yet they choose to get into a vehicle, drive down the road, they cross a double yellow line, and they hit head-on into an innocent person coming the other way. Is that fair? Not one bit. But that person made a very, very bad decision. It wasn't anyone else's fault but that person, and now innocent people face the consequences of that person's bad decision. That's part of life. Life is imperfect. It's difficult. And we all face those things. None of us are immune from the effects of evil in the world. Because we're alive, all these things affect us, and we all deal with these things. But remember what Jesus says in John 16, He said, here on earth you will have many Okay, remember the word many, trials and sorrows. One translation says difficulties, but take heart because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. So the bottom line and the answer, the point for today is this, write this in your notes. Life is hard, but God is good. God is good. He's really good. And in spite of what's happening in the world right now, in spite of what's happening in your life, God is good. And he, he is good. He does good. He has good plans. He, he, he gives good gifts on and on. The goodness of God does not end. Yet, how easy is it for us to the moment something bad happens to us? We point our fingers at God and say, why? God, why did you do this? Why did you let this happen? Why, why? This isn't fair. We all do it. It's your first thought. It's my first thought, right, sometimes? <laughs> and for many people, all of the wrong in the world is a huge stumbling block for people to actually to, for them to have the ability to even believe in a good God. And it, whole, and, and it causes them not to even believe in God because if there really was a God, why would he allow these things to happen? Just like a lot of the questions we asked at the beginning. But even though many things in the world around us are not good, God. Oh, the, uh, and it says, for his faithful love endures forever, over and over. The Bible talks about the goodness of God in Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The goodness of God is experienced. Now, follow this verse. The goodness of God is experienced by those who taste and see. What does that mean? By those who believe and accept 
God for who he is. Once we do that, we begin to see. That's why so many people in the world are, are, have a very difficult time in seeing the goodness of God because they haven't tasted of God's goodness. They just don't believe yet. So when you don't believe in something, it's hard to see it. It doesn't make sense. That's why one time Jesus in John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, a Pharisee who was interested in Jesus, he said, you, in order for you to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. What does that mean? To see it, to perceive it, for it to make sense to you, you got to have a total change of heart and life. Otherwise, you can't see. That's why the world, that's why the gospel, that's why Jesus, that's why. So how do we experience and understand God's goodness? All right, I got several things. I got five points I want to follow. And hopefully, my heart is that today would really clear some things up. That everything about God is good. Everything about God is good. God doesn't just do good. He is good. And the fact that God is good means that he has no evil in him. His intentions and his motives are always good. He, is all, he always does what is right, and the outcome of his plans for all of us are always good. God is inherently righteous and kind and passionate and merciful and gracious. There is nothing unpleasant, evil, or dark in God. Psalm 100 and Psalm 107 says this, For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. There is no not good in God. Everything about God is good. The Bible says that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Matter of fact, here's, here's, this is what's really awesome, is that the darker the world, the darker your life, the darker the situation that you're in, the brighter the light of Jesus Christ when God shows up. Amen. Expels the darkness and delivers us and gives us freedom from it all. And when you contrast God's goodness with yours, <laughs> there's no comparison. Matter of fact, we have none. <laughs> We're not good. For us, there is no good within us, and we are not good on our own. Aren't you glad you came today for me to tell you you're no good? <laughs> there's good news, though, I'll give you in just a little bit. Matter of fact, in Luke 18, verse 19, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he says, look, no one is good except God alone. See, that's what makes it so challenging, I think, for us as human beings sometimes is that for us to relate to a good God because God is all good and we are no good. There's no good within us on our own. And so our tendency is, it is to measure the goodness of God by our definition of what he 
the goodness he should be and the fairness of God. We, we, we say things like, well, if God was really good, if God was really fair, then he would do this and he would do that. And we put God in this box and we were confined by the limitations of our brain and our understanding and our perceptions. And if God doesn't meet this, then he must not be. There may be a God, but he's not a good God. He's not a loving God, because if he was, he'd do this. And oftentimes what doesn't look or feel good to us is really good for God. We just don't see it. You know, and usually when we say, God is good. Can anybody say God is good? God is good. It's awesome. Usually what we mean when we genuinely, it just sort of comes out, it means that something good just happened, right? I just experienced a blessing or, you know, I feel good or things are going my way or, you know, things are working out. But my question is, what if they don't? What if things aren't working out in your life? Is God still good? Is God still good when there's not enough money at the end of the month? Is God still good when you just lost your job? Is God still good when your kids are getting into trouble? Or is God still good when you just got a call from the doctor with the worst possible news you could get? Is God still good? How about you've been praying for and you finally found the perfect dream house? You've been waiting for years and there it is. And you put in the offer and you're, God, we got to have it. God, just provide. We know. And then you get a call from the realtor. And he says, I'm sorry. There's been another offer on that house. It's cash. And they're offering more than what they're asking for it. Is God still good? That's the big question. Can you genuinely say that God is good all the time? Or is it just when things seem to be going really well? That's number one. Number two, I need to also understand that God made, everything that God made is good. Everything God made is good. 1 Timothy 4.4 says this, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. If you read Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, you'll notice that when God created everything, he looked at it and said, It is good. But when on the sixth day after he created man, human beings, he looked then at everything and he says, now it's not just good, but it's very good. So from the very beginning, what God created, especially for us as humans, it was good. But sin eventually changed that. But the good news is, not only is God good, but he is a redeemer. And he redeems everything. He takes everything that is not good, even us in our lives, 
and he makes it all good very good this is what god does okay number three is this that every not only did everything god made but everything god does is good everything he does is good psalm 119 verse 68 says you are good and you do only good now we're going to dive into this one a little bit because this one's a little bit more challenging sometimes for us to get our brains around because it, it gets a bit confusing because there's a difference between what God does and what God allows. So here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to get very deep theologically here. When we use the word sovereign, God is sovereign. It means that God is in control of everything, but he doesn't control everything. Parents, you understand this a little bit. Moms and dads, you have the kids at home. It's Saturday. It's raining outside, and they're stuck in the house. Everybody's stuck in the house all day long. And, and you, you are in control of the household you, you're control, in control of what happens in the house, yet you are not control. You wish you could. You're not controlling everything that your kids are doing and saying and the attitudes they have and the words coming out of their mouth. Are you with me on that? But overall, you still got it under control. It just doesn't look like it if somebody were to come to your house. You go, Whoa, this is chaotic. It's all right. I got it. That's how God is. God is sovereign. He's got control of what happens in the world, yet he doesn't control you or I or everything. Remember that free will and the decisions we make? God doesn't make you make any decisions. You get to choose. God doesn't always intervene. Sometimes we ask, well, God, why did you allow this? Now, the answer to that, sometimes God steps into a situation, he intervenes, and he heads off maybe a disaster or something. I don't understand why or how he chooses this one and not this one. Just to be honest, I don't know. And I think on this side of being face-to-face -face with Jesus in heaven, we'll never know the answer to those questions. I'm just guessing there's probably a whole bunch of times that God stepped in and you're not even aware of it. So just be grateful that you're here today. So this is, this is what God does. Everything he does is good. But in God's providence, what does providence mean? Up here on the screen, it is God's involvement in the universe to preserve and to govern all things according to his original design. And here's the thing, God even allows the consequences of evil and bad decisions in the world as it brings the world to the exact place that he planned for it to be. Over the past several years, especially since 2020, it's been very difficult. And just seeing so many people just disillusioned with where we are in the world, even yet. It's like, what, what happened? 
Why is the world going so crazy? Why is there so much evil happening? Why is it that every day, rather than getting a little bit better, it just seems to be getting worse? Bad people seem to be getting badder, worse. Okay, and, and we're just wondering, God, we're, what's going on? And so I'm thinking there's got to be an explanation because as a pastor, I want to help people navigate this. I want people to, to be okay. And so I really dug in. I, just began, I, I dug into some scripture I haven't ever dug into before. I've learned a lot, especially about what God says about how things are going and are going to be happening toward the end of our time here on this earth. And the Bible has so much to say. I'm, I barely scratched the surface, surface of it, but I feel like I've really learned a lot. And I can tell you this. I don't know when, but Jesus is coming back. Really soon. And every day, it's one day closer. And I believe that everything that is happening in the world today is exactly what was prophesied in Scripture. Old Testament, New Testament. And you know what Paul says? Paul says to Timothy, he says to the church in Thessalonians, he says, I'm writing you, I'm giving you sort of a heads up of what to expect towards the end. Now, we know that they didn't experience it, but he wrote it for our sake. And he says, I'm writing you these things to tell you of all the crazy things that are going to happen just before Jesus returns to comfort you <laughs> and to encourage you. And so this morning, I'm some of the most encouraging things that we have. Every day we wake up, you have a choice. You're going to either look out or you're going to look up. That's where Jesus is coming from. God is good. And I love what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, God says, for I, the, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans to give you future and a hope. Though disaster and trouble may come your way, just know that this, this that God's plan is still good. Psalm 125 says, O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. When you get to know God, and you have a relationship with him, he now makes you good so that you can begin to know the goodness of God and all the good things that he's done for you and continues to do to this very day. Number four, for us to see and experience God's goodness, just know this, that God is working everything in my life for my good. God's working everything in my life for my good. Romans 8, 28. Many times we've heard, many of us have heard this. And we know that God causes everything. Now, we can't stop there, all right? We have to keep going. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's us. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're following God the best of your ability, just know that everything that is happening in, in your life, God is orchestrating it to work out for your good and for your blessing. All of it. And the reason it's difficult for us to see this one is because as human beings, we are limited to seeing things in the moment. 
whatever you're going through right now, you, ha you are limited into what you see and experience at this very moment. You have the past you can look at, but right now you see this. And if this feels and looks and is bad, then you're thinking, God, where are you? Why are you letting this bad thing happen to me, one of your children? But here's the good news. God is not limited by our perception. God definitely sees what's happening. He knows better what's happening in your life than you do, but he also sees tomorrow. See how it gets bigger? <laughs> but he also sees next week, next month, next year. He sees eternity. And he sees what you're experiencing right now and how he's working it out this moment so that in the near future, it's going to be this. But you can't see that. That's why you got to just trust him. You have to trust his goodness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own, under, don't lean on your little box right here because God's is wide open and he's doing some amazing things. God, everything he's doing in my life is for my good. A great story about this is in the, uh, is in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, it's in the book of Genesis. It covers about 10 chapters, so I'm not gonna go through all the details. It's a young guy, 17-year-old kid named Joseph. He had 11 brothers. They didn't like him. Um, they, threw, they, they threw him in a well, and then they told dad that an animal got him. He's dead. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. He's gone. Well, they felt bad, and so a group of merchants came by one time, and they decided they're going to sell their little brother to these merchants. So they bought him. They went, to, they went to Egypt. A guy named Potiphar bought him to, as a servant in his household. Well, Sir Potiphar's wife tried to get fresh with him. He didn't, take out, he didn't go for it, and so she falsely accused him, and he ends up in prison. Okay? And in prison, he's there, had different experiences. We won't go into all that. But for 13 years from the time he was thrown into a well until he was discovered by Pharaoh because he interpreted some of Pharaoh's dreams. And Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, look, you seem to be pretty wise. I'm going to put you. See, the known world at the time was all circled around Egypt. They were in charge. I mean, they had a huge dominance over that part of the world and so Pharaoh goes, because you have God on your side and you are so wise, I'm going to put you second in charge of everything to me. I'll be one, you be two. Thirteen years from the well to second in charge. And during that time, do you think Joseph is going, God, what's up? I was a kid. I was following you, and all of a sudden, here I am, you all forgotten in prison. But it's interesting because during this time, it, we, he, uh, he prophesied about famines coming, so he was able to store up. And during the end, end of the story in Genesis, Joseph's brothers come face to face with Joseph. And when they realized who he was, uh-oh, <laughs> We're in big trouble. They were scared to death. And I love what Joseph's perspective was. Genesis 50, verse 20. He said to his brothers, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it. What's the next word? All. all. 
every bit of what happened to me, though you did it to hurt me, God let all of it happen because he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Many, many, probably millions of people, generations and nations were saved because of that one young man, of what they did. So what looks bad to you in your moment is actually God working it all out for your good. That's how good God is. Then number five, in God's goodness, he made a way for all of us, for all to be saved. In his goodness, he made a way for all to be saved. And the idea, you've probably heard it. I hear it a lot. Maybe you thought it. How can such a good God send anyone to hell? The truth is, he doesn't. God, the only people that, that, God, that hell was created for was for the devil and his minions. We call them fallen angels. We call them demons, whatever they are. That is what hell was designed for. A, for an eternal forever place for them to live out their eternity. But along the way, because sin entered the world as well, that is also the eternal resting place for anyone who doesn't choose to follow God in this life. Is that fair? I don't know. This is what God designed. But here's the good news. In God's providence and in his goodness, he said, you know what? I really don't want anybody to go there. I don't want any human being to have to find themselves in hell for eternity. So I'm going to send my son to this earth, Jesus Christ. And he's going to come and he's going to make the way for every human being to go to heaven. That's what Jesus did. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, in other words, go to hell, but have what? Eternal life, everlasting life in heaven someday. So God made a way. So the fact that God sends anyone there? No. Do people go there? Unfortunately. But God in his goodness made a way for us, every human being, to be able to make the decision, we have free will, to choose to go to heaven, have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to know the Father, to have our sins forgiven, to have salvation. That's why Jesus came for each one of us. And I love what it says in, first, in 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. It's like, God, how long? When, how long we got to wait till you come back? How long till the end, right? He says, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. That's God's heart. He wants no one to be destroyed. He wants everyone. And he says he wants everyone to repent. What does repent mean? Change our mind. 
change the direction of our life, change what we're doing. It's just a, it starts with a change of mind, going from not believing there's a God, from, not, from believing that God is not good, from not believing in Jesus Christ, to finally getting to the point of saying, Jesus, I do. I want to be saved. I want, I want to be a follower of yours. I see how much you love me, how much you've done for me, how much you died on the cross to save me from my sins and to make me a brand new person. And, and in all of that, at the end of all that, I get heaven. I want that. That's the decision. That's what it means to repent, to go from not believing to now believing. And God's heart is at every one of us. That's how good God is to give us that ability and that possibility. So in the reason God is good to you is because he wants you to turn to him. So the question today is, are you ready to turn to God for your hope, for your future, and for your salvation? That's how good God is. He loves you so much. Let's stand together.